Hello, everyone. Today, I am chatting with a friend of mine, Katie, and we talk about how to manage your time efficiently and how this leads to higher productivity and therefore better financial management. Katie is a life coach and she's personally helped me a lot in my own career and and personal choices. And we thought this kind of episode would be really useful to people who are currently you know, having a tough time due to the crazy crisis that's going on. So her tips are incredibly useful. And of course, I highly recommend anyone who's going through a tough time right now to reach out to her and see how she can help out because she really knows her stuff. So yeah, hope you enjoy the episode and see you on the other side. Welcome to the Financial Independence Europe podcast, where we interview people from all 44 European countries, all of them, about optimizing your life, geo-arbitrage, and making the most of your money. This was your hosts, Alvar, Arminta, and Matthias. Hi, everyone. Today, I am joined by a very special guest, Katie. Hi, Katie. Hi. I met Katie last year from Toastmasters. Uh, We both went to Toastmasters in Barcelona. And, uh, you know, after drinks, um, after one Toastmasters session, we chatted and she told me she uh, did some coaching. And I had the immense pleasure of being coached by Katie. And she has some very insightful questions as well as advice. Well, the way you coach people is very, was a very new thing to me. And so when Katie reached out to talk about the podcast, I was more than happy to have her on. And I think uh, it'll be very interesting today to talk a little bit about time management, uh, financial management, and maybe even overall health and that kind of topic in in the financial independence movement. So, but before we dive into that, uh, Katie, could you tell us quickly who you are and what is it that you do? Yeah, thank you very much, Araminta, for the introduction. So as you mentioned, I'm a coach, I'm a performance coach. More precisely, I tend to work with entrepreneurs to help them to grow their business by focusing on productivity, so time management, well-being and mindset. Because I think a lot of the time, it doesn't just come down to strategy and marketing and branding, even though all of these are very useful, but it also comes down a lot to our own mindset and our own well-being And that's why I chose to focus on that. Yeah, that's nice. And I think it does have quite a lot to do with financial dependence, because in this community, we're always trying to optimize as much as we can. And sometimes that may that may lead to, you know, sacrificing other things. So it's always important to find a balance. So what would you say you mean when you when we when we're talking about time management? What is it that you really want to that you want to focus on? Essentially, I think a lot of the time it's understanding how we allocate our time and understanding how long different tasks take. So we can't manage our time if we don't thoroughly understand how we spend our time. So I think that's one key point. And then another key point is understanding how would we want to spend it? What are actually our priorities? And another aspect is also organization. So making sure that we're not doing things last minute, that we're not feeling rushed and stressed, by toppling everything on top of one another. So there's a part also about organization and strategy. And would you say that time management comes before financial management or how are those two tied together, would you say? I wouldn't say time management necessarily comes before financial management. I'd say more they go hand in hand together. 
They're both two different types of resources and managing our resources in general is extremely important. So managing our money can maybe help us to manage our time and vice versa. But it's more about understanding our priorities. If we know our priorities, it'll make it a lot easier to manage our time and to manage our money. Okay, uh, that completely makes sense. And would you say that there are more people who are good at time management or more people that are good at money management? So would you say it's kind of like if someone's really good at time management, they're automatically good at money. Is that kind of a personality thing or, you know, can you work on both at the same time? What, what would you say is more, I don't know, important? <laughs> uh, interesting uh, question. I don't know. Both are very important and I'm not sure if people are better at one or the other. I don't necessarily think they go hand in hand, which is interesting. I think they have a lot in common. So if you have an analytical mind and you're good at managing money, for example, it will help with managing your time. But it's interesting to see how many people, for example, have good financial management, yet tend to overpack their schedule, not rest, and are quite poor in the end of managing their time. Uh, so I think it, they don't necessarily go together, even though they do have in common the fact that you need structure, organization, self-discipline. So all of these things they do have in common, but they don't. Well, having one doesn't necessarily mean that you have both. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting because I would say in the in the FI world, it's I, this is probably not exactly true, but it's kind of one after the other. So people who are trying to reach financial independence usually are really good at managing their money. And then their goal is to reach a certain age or reach a certain year and then, you know, remove themselves from this, this job or the, the workforce and then be focusing on their time. So it's kind of funny how it's more one after the other, but it depends on the person. That's true. Because some people might be really good at, you know, while they're working, they can manage their time and their money. And then once they're retired early, they can do whatever they want. So it, it does depend on the person, I guess. That's interesting because it sounds like they sacrifice in some ways their time to then have financial independence in some cases. But the danger with that type of approach is the fact that you're kind of putting your life on hold in some ways and some things can't necessarily be put on hold. Your health can't be put on hold, your relationship with your spouse or your children, you know, if you have children might grow up. So I'd say in any case, even if they're focusing on this financial independence goal, which is fantastic, it's a great goal to have, it's still very important to manage your time as you go along and to not sort of put all your other priorities aside. Yeah, that's very true. And to those who are interested in getting better at time management, what are some kind of tips or maybe strategies that you'd say they can get started with to, to you know, improve their time management skills? Yes, I think a lot of the time people are just expecting sort of tips and tricks uh, to improve their time management, to be more productive. There are entire books on this, there are loads of TED Talks on this, but mostly it's about having a vision. How do you want your life to be? So looking, how do you want to spend every day? If you look back at the past year, how do you want to have spent that year? What areas are important for you? And sort of from that vision, looking at how you spend your time right now. So what are you doing every day? How are you spending every week? And see where does it match? For example, if it's very important for you to be healthy and you're investing your time every week in going to the gym every week or going to yoga classes, that's great. That's an area where it matches. 
But if you also realize that you're really close to your best friend, but you only call your best friend once every couple of months, is that really the importance your best friend has for you in your life? So sort of noticing where does it match and where's the discrepancy? Where is it not aligned? And then when you realize that there are some areas where you're not spending your time how you would want to spend it, then working on those areas. So it is kind of, you could argue that people who are trying to reach financial dependence are trying to work on those areas since maybe someone finds themselves in a position where they're not a big fan of working, like, I mean, working in an office or, or their job in general, and they realize that. And then in their mind, they're like, the only way I can fix that is if I, you know, work another five years really hard, save as much as I can, and then retire early. So what would you tell that person that maybe instead of, you know, trying to suck it in for five years and then retire early, they should maybe focus on fixing? I mean, what, what would you say to that person? I guess my question is. <laughs> uh, yes, it's an interesting approach. I suppose there's really two directions. Either they find a way to make the most of those five years, not neglect, as I said previously, their health or their relationship and find things that they do find enjoyable about their current situation to make it easier on themselves and do those five years or look at alternatives, start doing another job part-time or start a business part-time and straight away make a change. I guess that's the only way to cope in general if you're in a job you dislike. There's only really two ways to go about it. Either you change job, either radically or start your own business or you stick at it if for whatever reason it's easier and then find ways to cope. <laughs> and one way to cope is to find aspects that make you more fulfilled, maybe the relationship with the colleagues, maybe a new task that you're doing, maybe a different setting. I think in general, that's probably the only way to cope with a job you don't really like, whether it's to reach financial independence or not. But either way, like I repeated maybe two, three times now, but it's so important because you can never buy your time back all along, no matter what project you're working on, what goal you're working on. It's so important not to neglect our health and our relationships because you can't get those back. Yeah, that's very true. And what would you tell someone who is um, trying to establish their priorities in terms of health, uh, you know, work, etc.? You said start with a vision right? Uh, but what if you have no idea what that vision mm -hmm. should look like? You know, maybe you need to be training, but you have no idea how to start training. Or maybe you need to learn X, Y, Z, but you, you want to start your business, but you have no idea where to start or something like that. How does, how do you kind of make a list of those priorities and, you know, maybe take steps from there? Yes, it's a very important point that you just raised. It's very important to know how to set your priorities. And I do think a lot of people do actually struggle with this. It's one of the areas in which coaching in general can help people. It's understanding their priorities and what people really want. So essentially, just like questions, it's uh, just like coaching. It's about asking the right questions. So asking yourself, taking a time out to ask yourself, what matters most to me right now? What is essential in my life? If I were to look back on the, the years in the future, what would stand out? What, what matters to me, doing also the sort of long, long-term vision where you imagine yourself in your 80s and you look back at your life, what elements stand out, what, what is the most important. So it's a mixture of following your intuition and your gut feeling and analyzing your current areas in your life, but also about asking the right questions. Okay, and how do you figure out what are the right questions to ask? That's very, <laughs> I mean... It's... Some of... <laughs> 
some of the questions are the ones I was uh, just saying right now. So what matters most to me? Uh-huh. If I had one year left to live, how would I invest my time? If I was faced with a problematic situation where I couldn't work, for example, where would I like to be spending my time then? Uh, because a lot of the time, by default, we invest our time and energy in our work. So maybe putting work aside, where would I invest my time? And also looking back at the past, what do we feel were really good moments in our life and that made us re- feel really fulfilled? Where did we invest our time then? I always talk about time as an investment because I think we often forget to see time as an investment, and it is. So looking where we invested our time in the past and how that contributed to our happiness and using that to model and to understand what makes us fulfilled and how we want to spend our time in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that, um, using viewing your time as an investment, because then you can really calculate kind of what what the results that you want and what are the results that you currently have, and it's kind of an interesting way to measure. And from your mm. point of view, how would you say that effective time management can, you know, then translate into maybe better other management of other resources, maybe finances, maybe health, or? I think that's an interesting uh, question. And I think it also comes down to what we were saying earlier about priorities, because if we learn to manage our time effectively, that means we have a better understanding of our priorities, which will then translate in how we spend our money. But also, and I think I spoke briefly about that earlier, it's the common skills they have, for, for example, discipline, structure, organization, analytical mind. If we learn to manage our time effectively, we will develop better self-discipline. We'll stop procrastination, for example, or we'll learn to put aside a task that would bring immediate pleasure and instead focus on a task that will bring long-term fulfillment. So if we learn this to reinforce this discipline and to be more organized and structured, this will then necessarily help us to develop an analytical mind, which will be useful, I feel, in managing, for example, our finances. That, that's, uh, that's interesting because when it comes to procrastination, I kind of agree. However, I stopped procrastinating when what I did every day was something that I liked doing. And also when I realized that if I didn't do what I was doing, I probably wouldn't be able to eat. <laughs> well, I mean, obviously I would, but <laughs> I wouldn't have food to put on the table, meaning, you know, I wouldn't be making money. So I don't know if that's that's an interesting kind of way to view it. Like in school, for example, I was procrastinating all the time because I just couldn't be bothered with the schoolwork. It didn't really interest me, you know, that kind of stuff. Whereas now that I have to, that I, I am the one who picks the projects that I work on and I'm the one that's in full control of my day. Uh, and I'm the one that's in full control, you know, of what I make pretty much. I have, I, procrastination is not a choice for me. Like if I procrastinate, then <laughs> I, yeah, I, I can't, mm. it's not even an option. So you're saying that first there's time management and then there are other things go into kind of get into flow. I don't really know how to say it, but it could be maybe that the problem is somewhere else. Uh, and that maybe it's, it's about again, those priorities and figuring out that, you know, if you could organize your day a bit differently, maybe you wouldn't feel like pressure. I don't know. I don't know if you, that's something that you agree with or what your thoughts are on that. 
yes, it's true. I don't necessarily think that time management comes before financial management. Like I said, they're sort of two different ways of managing our resources. And it's true that maybe if we do manage to have better self-discipline, it will help with our time management or and or our financial management. It's interesting what you were saying about procrastination, though, because in some ways you were saying that it was a financial aspect, i.e. you wouldn't have enough food to eat in some ways, that motivated you to sort of manage your time more efficiently. So I think in that case, it's maybe finance can act or the will to have financial independence will act as a motivator and will help us to manage our time more effectively. So there definitely is a relationship here because a lot of the time, especially for business owners, how we manage our time and how we manage our money are definitely related. Because if you don't do the tasks that you need to do to grow your business, then you won't have the money coming in. So it can also act as a sort of motivation, I suppose. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. And moving on more towards like overall health, what do you think, what would you say a balanced life looks like in terms of, I mean, yeah, we're talking about time management, but we could talk about several, you call them resources, right? What does a balanced life, I mean, I know it's very subjective, but what do you think a balanced life looks like? Mm, it's a very good point. We Nowadays, we're always talking about the importance of a balance, yet do we really know what a balanced life looks like? I think one of the resources we haven't brought up is uh, energy, our own energy, because managing our time for the sake of it means very little if we're feeling depleted. So actually, out of all of them, time, money and energy, I'd say energy is probably the most underestimated, yet one of the most relevant, because how fantastic is it to be able to wake up in the morning full of energy, to do all your tasks with enthusiasm, to meet every day, you know, full of being. So I think this is where health and well-being come in. And if we have a lot of energy, I think everything else flows. If you're full of health, but not just healthy, but enthusiastic and happy and have the right mindset, then it's a lot easier to manage your time because you're not tired and stressed out. And it's also a lot easier to manage your finance because once more, you're not stressed and you're not viewing your finances as a threat, but actually as a way to continue doing what you're doing. So in my mind, balance comes from really sort of having a feeling of self-fulfillment and sort of self-actualization, as you know, Maslow says in the pyramid, and managing every day as it comes and sort of being present. I mean, there's a lot nowadays about living in the present moment, but we talk about it more than we actually do it. And I feel that if we manage to really, you know, stay anchored in the present and not constantly ruminate about the past and not constantly project ourselves in the future. That's one of the key ways to find balance. Yeah, I like how you mention energy and I actually really agree with this. And uh, that's why I used to talk a lot about, you know, before committing to a career, I always believed in, you know, trying different things and, and making sure that what you do, you like it. I mean, I'm not someone who says, follow your passion. That's um, too vague in my opinion. Uh, but you can like it. Liking is a lot better than, you know, being just tolerant or even hating it. Just liking what you do is, you know, pretty good. Um, and I do believe that just mm. liking it, just liking it doesn't have to be, you know, the love of your life or whatever, can just makes everything else a bit easier, right? It makes time management a bit easier. It makes health management a bit easier because uh, you have that energy. You know, you're not exhausted from 
whatever, maybe a, a terrible boss or maybe a terrible condition, uh, like work condition. Um, and so you have more energy to do other things. But yeah, so I, I do agree. It's just, you know, realizing this and, and trying to put that uh, as a priority. So how, how would you say if someone is like, okay, yeah, I, I need to make my energy a priority, would you say, okay, well, make a kind of a schedule or <laughs> what, what do you think are some, some <laughs> strategies to make your energy a priority again? Yes, that's a really good point. And that's a question, if people ask themselves that more often, they there would be a lot less burnouts at the moment. Uh, first of all, I'd just like to make a brief point to say I really liked your comment about uh, finding a job you like and not necessarily finding your passion. Uh, just want to sort of insist a bit on this that I totally agree. And there's far too much emphasis nowadays in you need to follow your passion and find your dream and there's some people don't have, you know, and necessarily a sort of a purpose, a passion, a dream. And it's already great, like you said, if they find something they like. Anyway, that was just my small tangent. Uh, to come back to what you were saying about how we can manage our energy more effectively. Well, the first point would be noticing when you're feeling uh, depleted of energy and seeing what contributes to that. Is it certain toxic relationships? Is it lack of sleep? Is it lack of exercise? Is it lack of investment in your own well-being? So noticing when you're feeling depleted and also noticing when you are energized. So see what contributes to you feeling energized. Is it because you took time out and spent a whole day in nature? Is it because you just, you know, spoke with someone you're very close to and had a fantastic conversation? Is it a certain task you enjoy doing? So already sort of raising our own awareness of what brings us energy and what drains us of energy. And then obviously... <laughs> investing our time, back to time management, interestingly enough, investing our time in activities that energize us. It's really quite simple. We, we're given tools every day, our own emotions, to understand what works best for us. It's just we ignore it most of the time. So if you just start paying attention to, oh, this makes me feel super drained or this made me feel super excited and you just invest more of your time into these activities, then naturally it'll follow suit basically yeah that's a very good point and i like what you say about uh, noticing uh last year i read a book called designing your life by bill burnett you might have heard of them mm -hmm. and he mm -hmm. was saying exactly that that what he, the book is basically about how to what you're saying you know design make a vision of what you want your life to look like and kind of work from there and a good place to start is to kind of keep track of the things that you like and the things that you don't. So I followed the exercise and I remember writing a little notebook, different activities that I do every single day. So maybe, <laughs> for example, one was Toastmasters or another one would be meeting up with friends or another one would be, um, I can't remember, doing some work for X client, doing some work for Y client, doing different kinds of work. Uh, and then you put little kind of, uh, and you know, your energy from one to 10 and, and you kind of see which one leaves you drained and which one gives you more energy. And it was really interesting. Like, for example, meeting up with friends, it gives you more energy, usually. Hopefully, if not, you need to change friends, I think. Mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> hopefully, um, yes. <laughs> and then, for example, some kind of work gave me a lot of energy. So maybe, for example, managing the podcast gave me a lot of energy. But at that time I was doing, I can't remember what it was. I had to do some translations for, for the, the startup mm. that I was working with. And translating is so boring and it was depleting all my energy. 
So it was really interesting <laughs> to see the different things that I liked and the different things that I didn't. And I was like, okay, I need to try and do more things that I like and fewer things that I don't like, <laughs> which is pretty much what we're all trying to do, right, in this, in mm. this life. Uh, but actually tracking mm. it is very interesting uh, and keeping note of it. So I, mm. I really agree with that. Okay, and it would be. I think it would be interesting to hear maybe some, if you're okay with sharing some personal examples uh, of you trying to manage more of your energy, um, increasing your energy and, and your general time management. Okay, yes, absolutely. I think uh, I, maybe I give a, one example for sort of energy and one example for time management. Okay, so for time management, something that's really helped me is to fix weekly goals. So I look at two or three things I'd like to achieve that week, two or three main outcomes. And that helps me manage my days because I always have the weekly outcomes in mind. I've, I've experimented with a lot of different ways, monthly goals, yearly goals, daily goals, but I find a week is a really good time. It's enough time that it feels doable and it's not as much uh, stress and chaos somehow as a daily outcome. Although I do them too, but anyway, in a different way. But weekly outcomes I have found really useful to help me manage my time. So that's one thing I've been doing for my time management. And in terms of energy, and I know this is probably the most classic thing to say, but it's true, aside from sleep, it's exercising. Now, I wasn't a particularly uh, sportive person growing up or at school. I enjoyed more sort of socializing or studying or reading, sort of more indoorsy in some ways. And when I moved to Barcelona, there's so many outdoor activities that you can't help but get carried away with, you know, hikes and running and walks by the beach and swimming. And I really, really felt a difference. This is why I'm bringing it up. We all know that exercise is healthy. We all know that exercise energizes you. But it's one thing to know it theoretically. It's another thing to live it. And every time I get a bit off the bandwagon, so I don't exercise for a week or two, I really notice a difference. So I'm just going to say it again, <laughs> even though, you know, probably half the people, 80% of the people listening to this already have an exercise routine. I'm saying it for the people who don't, uh, to just give it a shot, basically. We all know this, we've read it everywhere, and just find one type of exercise that works for you, that you quite like, maybe go with a friend, I don't know, find classes, find an app, just something, and give it a shot for two weeks, three weeks, a month. Uh, this is something I tell everyone, I write in all my blog posts, and it's it's really because I've noticed such a difference on my energy level. It's not a matter, in my case, it's not a matter of losing weight or gaining muscles or even looking better. It's literally I exercise for energy because I feel so much better after whatever, after a long walk, after a yoga session, after a fitness training session, you name it. It just, it always makes you feel better. So it's a good investment of your time and has, and of your money if you have a fitness trainer or a gym and it's a good investment towards your energy. So it's a sort of winning trial. <laughs> Yeah, I like that. Um, and just to go quickly back onto your weekly goals, would you call these your goals or your to-do list? Because I, I do the same, but I don't. they're not like my goals. I'm like, I have to get this done whether I like it or not. So <laughs> is that, would you say that's a goal or is that like more of a to-do list or do you do both or is there a difference? What, what would you say to that? Uh, I think that's a fantastic point because I used to always work with to-do lists and what happened is I had about 
30 things on my to-do list per day and I never finished them and I felt I was making no progress. And it was actually while listening to one of Tony Robbins' program on time management called Time of Your Life. Uh, not that I'm advertising for him, but it was a good program and it's his concept. that He talks about being outcome-driven and not being to-do list-driven and this has helped me a lot. For example, um, how can I place it? You wouldn't write down a list of people to contact maybe, but you'd say something like outcome of the week, contact 20 people. And they wouldn't be just sort of individually writing them down. I'm trying to think of another example, but it's basically looking at an outcome for the week. And yeah, sure. Under the outcome, there's a bunch of to do's, but focusing on the outcome gives it a different twist somehow. It's, it's a more exciting way of looking at what you have to do. It's hard to, to sort of explain in a few words, but it's, it's looking for people who've never worked this way. The easiest is probably to write down all their to do's and see what do they contribute towards. And then you'll see there's a main pattern and that's your outcome. And then if you write your outcome down, not only does it help you to memorize all your to do's, but also it might give you new ideas you haven't thought of. So working outcome driven instead of to do list driven takes a bit of practice, but it's a lot more effective. Interesting. Well, I might try that because, I mean, I, I have a, a to-do list, but I'm, I do get it all done usually by the end of the week because it's it's work-related. It's not like, oh, I'd like to do this. It's like, I have to do this. If I want to get paid, I have to do this. So it's it's a weird kind of, uh, it's not, it's like mm. I have no choice. This is to be done, to be done, to be done. Uh, <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I think that's an interesting, an interesting point. So um, I might, do that like add some some outcomes instead of um instead of just the two lists and uh yeah that, that, that sounds uh, very interesting and i like your point on energy of course uh exercise is incredibly important me personally i i i would say that i would also say socializing is for me it gives me like just um it's difficult because it depends also on the person right but just get gathering a group of friends uh and doing that three or four times a week actually it just so relaxing and so because you kind of when you're with someone else it forces you to not think about your own kind of issues and problems and whatever so that's why mm. i stopped when i was living in barcelona i stopped going to the gym and instead started running with people or doing exercise with other people because then it was kind of a nice mix mm. of the two and that's why i always try when i ride exercise i always try to do it with others because then it's kind of a nice mix and that's like a double boost of energy or something <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so yeah, absolutely. I think socializing is such a great boost for energy and the way you sort of combine, like you just said, right now, socializing and exercise. Uh, so true. I love it. And absolutely. I think socializing and seeing friends is definitely one of my greatest boosts for energy. Actually, I never feel tired if I'm socializing. So yes, definitely. That's a great point. Cool, Katie. So are you ready for the three final questions we ask at the end of every interview? Yes, that sounds great. So where can people find you online if they want to get in touch? The two main ways to find me are either via my LinkedIn profile. So Katie, K-A-T-I-E, Francis, F-R-A-N-C-E-S and Stoddart, S-T-O-D-D-A-R-T. And the other way is via my website. So www.kt, again, K-A-T-I-E, Francis, F R a n c e s dot com awesome and um question number two what is one resource 
not well known that you'd recommend to others? You did mention Tony Robbins, but that is pretty well known. So do you have anything? So I always like to recommend books in general. Uh, this book isn't really an unknown resource exactly, but I don't know how many people listening to this podcast have read this book. I really, really love the book Flow by Mihaly Chisenk Mihaly. And he talks about how to experience optimal sort of fulfillment, I guess, through experience and not through short-term pleasures. And I found it incredibly useful and it can help you, yes, manage your time, manage your life. Uh, it's a wonderful book. Nice. I will add that to my book list. <laughs> and question number three is what a number one, what is your number one actionable tip for someone to get started on their path to time management? I'm just adjusting the last part. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we, we like actionable tips. Uh, yes, uh, I think it goes back to what I was saying earlier, which is to uh, set a vision for how you'd like to be spending your time. Uh, so having that vision in mind, but also having gratitude for what you're living right now. Too often we place our focus on the future and that can create some sort of irritation, I suppose, or some sort of impatience. So I suppose my tip would be, yes, have a vision, see it in the future, work towards it, but also appreciate every day what you have at the moment that you're having it. <laughs> I like it. That's great. Well, thank you very much, Katie, for coming on and uh, hopefully see you next time you're in Barcelona. Yeah, thank you so much, Araminta. It was great. Thank you. Hey, Matthias, do you think there are no financial independence Facebook groups yet? Yes, there's definitely a shortage in financial independence Facebook groups. That's why we want to create another one. And the real reason is that we want to get some feedback on our episodes to have a conversation with our listeners, um, to follow on the topics. And you might also have some questions around our content. Gotcha. And also, we've been talking with more of you guys at meetups, on Reddits, in Facebook groups, the Fire Europe retreat, obviously, we organized. And this is, in the end, the main reason why we started the whole podcast project to talk to guys like you, uh, learn more from you, case studies, answer questions, and like hopefully all grow and learn from that together in the end and become stronger, smarter, and hopefully also richer people. So, you know, Matthias, say I'm interested in this. Where do I find this Facebook group? Yeah, just go to your Facebook app and type in FI Europe podcast or just click in our show notes. There's a link for the Facebook group or go to our website. There's also a link. So yeah, just type in FI Europe podcast. See you in the group. Thank you guys for listening to this episode. We hope you learned something new and enjoyed the show. You can support us by doing this. Subscribing to your favorite podcast program and leaving us a review. Following us on Instagram and Twitter at Financial Independence Europe. Sending us an email with questions and feedback. We would love to hear from you. All the mentioned articles, books and cool resources can be found in the show notes at financial-independence.eu. Thank you for listening and see you next time. <laughs>